0: Hello Brewery Fanatics and welcome back to another episode of Brewery Travels and this week we are heading down to Louisiana and going to hone in on the Crescent City, New Orleans, a city that if you've been following along with my social media accounts, you know that my wife and I and well, our whole family, our kids were there too, uh, just spent a little bit of time living down there temporarily during, you know, with her living the temporary traveling remote lifestyle and had an absolute wonderful time taking in mardi gras and all that the city has to offer Uh, as always i have two amazing guests with me jeremy and argyle and guys how about we just get the ball rolling first with a brief intro about what got you into beer and how you're part of the beer community jeremy oh
1: man Uh, i've been in the beer community a while um honestly to be fair it started uh I guess your craft beer started when I was uh, at, you remember, I don't know if you remember, I know Argyle remembers, but uh, Benigan's used to have a drink around the world. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm aging myself, but uh, they had a drink around the world. It was actually really good and they had a card and you could swipe the card with all the beers that you drank, And it just kind of introduced me to uh, different styles of beer that I'd never really kind of had before. I literally still have the first bottle uh, of craft beer that I purchased when I turned 21. It's actually sitting right up here on this shelf. I assume what is it's that? empty. We got to know. It is empty. Uh, it's Rogue Dead Guy.
0: Oh, there you go. That's that's a, that's a pretty classy one. I think I think it's sitting in.
1: Where is it? It's somewhere in here, man. I don't know it's amongst all these liquor bottles but it's in here somewhere man <laughs> actually for some reason it has the year on it too uh, and I've even talked to folks at rogue and they're like I have no idea why the 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 date is on there so it's pretty cool absolutely i think
2: as some of you were doing in the early days they got over it yeah. <laughs> they probably
1: yeah they got over it fast but uh, from, <laughs> from there from there I just went into I mean I've worked for wholesalers I've worked for um uh, i've worked for accounts i've worked for breweries so and i've been
0: around for a while so absolutely and our uh, guy what about yourself
2: uh, i come into it from a slightly different direction um as far as professionally i mostly followed wines but i've always followed other things in alcohol in general you know beers spirits wines meads whatever and it's always fascinated me because the range of styles that you can make with beers is seems almost unlimited. You can tailor them in ways that you can't do with fruit to make wines. Uh, the, the closest thing you get to breweries are the guys who make rum because they can manipulate their ingredients in ways to get other results that they want that are not necessarily what you had before it's it's completely open-ended so i think the first time i got interested in beer was the first time i mean we had beer because it was beer because it was beer and that was all fine and well and somebody introduced me to guinness it's like there's a whole different animal over here and i was living in rhode island at the time and i developed a fondness for a porter being put out by Narragansett Brewing. Narragansett was one of two breweries in this country making a porter at that time. And I would drink that stuff by the case, God help me. My waistline kind of reflects that. Um, Anchor was the other one. And then it just sort of followed uh, generally going on as it was. Um, Again, most of my work has been surrounded by wine. But it also got me into studying the history of it, the history of beers, the history of wines, and all the areas. And I got to tell you, if you're doing studying about alcohol and you bring a really good attitude towards it, you can go anywhere on this planet, whether you speak their language or not, and have a great conversation with people who make beer or wine or spirits, because we're all in this same club together, and they know it. And that is a truly beautiful thing.
0: Absolutely. Well, and so I think you guys both kind of buried the lead a little bit here. As I have on today, The you guys kind of are the writers, the, co- the co-authors behind the book, New Orleans Beer, A Hoppy History of Big Easy Brewing. And so Argyle, let's kind of just start there. Can, can you give the listeners some of kind of the highlights of how beer has evolved and changed locally in New Orleans? <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. it's. <coughs> I think it's gotten, it's gotten to the point where people are starting to specialize and realizing that there is a place and there's a market to specialize in to support that. <coughs> Excuse me. The, um, A lot of the earlier beers tended to follow certain, I guess, constrictions or constraints as far as style goes. Uh, Regal Beer, for instance, made a lager, which is in the lines of American pale lager, which we all know and either love or don't, as the case may be. They also made a porter. They also made a a stout. And you find that pattern overall throughout the history of it. There's a lot of beer that was being brought in here from overseas and from down the river, both. Uh, What's happening now is that in the light I think of the craft brewing movement is that all of the creativity has just been unleashed. And you have breweries starting to specialize in various styles. Uh, Urban South tends to specialize in sours for instance. Um, Most breweries make a range of beers. Some of them try to do everything some of them basically, well, let's see what's happening here with this batch, and let's do it. Um, and even something as big as Dixie, which is now Faubourg, one of their neatest beers, to my mind, was a Raspberry that they came up with about a year ago. It's not the sort of thing you'd expect as a you know traditional beer but it's a glorious example of the sort of things that they can do and they don't feel constrained to limit themselves to the older traditional styles and just make something to basically dehydrate with, or hydrate with actually. Um, It's a fun time. It's a fun time and they're coming out with really interesting results.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, what about yourself? Are there any kind of like looking back in history where there how beer has kind of evolved there in New Orleans that sticks out to you?
1: Well, I mean, immigration patterns uh, affected beer, Mm -hmm. you know, so large German populations are going to be drinking lagers. And that's kind of what was going on uh, in New Orleans at uh, at one time, you know, and that's like what he touched on with all the loggers that is what it was was german immigration yeah um you know what we're seeing now i would even put not as immigration but it is definitely transplants are affecting in a great way the beer that's being sold in the city i know i'll probably get some shit from that but it's true i mean you know you've you've got people coming in from all over the country who are used to different beer styles and our breweries in the city are adjusting to those pallets. And I think that's pretty yeah. important. So. You thank president Carter for that back in mm. 1978,
2: that was the spark.
0: Yep, absolutely. Well, and so now fast forwarding to today now, you know, and for, for someone maybe visiting the city for the first time, or, or maybe they've been there before and haven't explored craft beer. If they are wanting to explore craft beer what kind of recommendations would you make? Because, you know, as someone that we were only down there for a short period of time, but I was still, you know, I visited all the breweries in the area and unlike kind of some other big cities, there isn't really necessarily like one neighborhood where a lot of like a higher percentage (laughs) of the breweries have popped up. There's a couple spots here. There's maybe there's a one or two where you can probably walk together. You know, I'm thinking like uh meal and, uh, and Nola, but, um, Jeremy, what, what recommendations would you make to someone wanting to experience local craft beer?
1: I mean, honestly, so I think now because, you know, I work for a brewery in Florida now, so I have this <laughs> benefit of being on the outside looking in, so kind of being a tourist in my own city, uh, and I mean, the first thing I do is it's, and it's constant, man. Like I have to Google, like I'm Googling breweries in New Orleans. Cause there's so many popping up that are new that, uh, just like don't mushrooms. have a chance to hit them all. What's that? It's like mushrooms. <laughs> oh my God. It's wild. Like I just, I was just in, so the brewery I work for just launched in New Orleans. So I was just there for work. Uh, ah. and don't worry, I'm coming back. But, uh, okay. we, um, uh, uh, we, I mean, I had to hit, go hit a, a couple of breweries that I just hadn't been to yet. Uh, one of them was, uh, the, what was it called, Skeetahawk?
0: Skeetahawk, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I hadn't, I never, yeah. I hadn't been there along, along the you.
0: Greenway there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it they was just so really nice, up. man.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah so well, and I, I know that there's there, another yeah. one. When I
0: was actually at Skeetahawk, they were telling me the guy was telling me about another one that was, that's opening up soon. Uh, Brewery Saint X or Saint X Brewery, something like that too.
1: Yeah, I've heard of that one, and then you got another one opening up with the former brewer from Old Rail. I know he's opening one up somewhere. Uh, I went over to Sunny Days place. Like if you want to talk about history and a beer in New Orleans, Sunny Day has to come up, man. Uh, and he is one mm-hmm. he's over at Bywater, is it Bywater Brew Pub, is that right? Our guy you got the That sounds me. right. I think it's Bywater no, that uh, sounds, Brew Pub that sounds or right. something like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I've tried his beers a couple times actually, uh, at a beer fest in the panhandle, man. Uh, so he was out there and I was out there, so I got to try his beers there. So, yeah, um, it's pretty neat just kind of watching what's happening, uh, in the city and all these breweries popping up. So,
0: yeah. Well, Argo, what about you then? if, if, if someone messaged you and be like, Hey, I'm coming into the city, I want to experience local craft beer. What should I do? What, what would your response be?
2: First question, how long are you going to be here? Yeah. And do you have your own car? Uh, definitely the whole chop of 2 I like what Port Orleans is doing. Um, and frankly, second line is very similar to that. Um, but the rest of it is more or less finding out styles and finding out what's happening from there. And of course you would always go over to the Avenue pub and find out what's happening, but they're, they're more focused globally than locally. So if you're in the mood for, yeah, I, I have this horrible feeling that it has. I've been there once since I sold
1: the place. No, it was awesome. I went, it it was very pretty. I don't know. Um, They're bringing my beer in. So I'm happy, man. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well there
1: you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My question is, you know, could I go there and get uh the Duranka
1: Creek, for instance? Yeah, he, and they, I know that I think they're still trying to bring some of that stuff in.
2: At least that's I the would hope so. I had.
1: that was a, mm. their bourbon selection is I don't top think, notch.
2: Well, yeah. I mean that's one of the reasons the people bought it. Um uh, yeah. The whiskey selection is gonna be good. The beer selection is gonna be good. I would like to see more things on tap, but then that's me and I always want more things on tap. So whether or not that's realistic, eh, that's another thing entirely. It's a business decision and I'm not privy to it. Um, But as far as other things here, um, one of the things I would ask people coming here is, have you ever considered visiting a distillery? Because we have seven rum distilleries in this city, which is crazy, and they're all
1: making good stuff. I just picked up that Irish Channel uh, whiskey uh, from Mm seventeen something. That that was actually really good, man. I was impressed. Sixty dollars a bottle, but it was it was it was was worth it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it should be good. It was good.
2: I know the, uh, the 7-3 distilling had has recently come out with a wooden age, a wood-aged gin, the Gentilly gin. And they were saying, well, I'm not sure what we do with it. And I showed them what to do with it. It's, it's very simple. You make a martini the old-fashioned way, which is three-to-one gin to sweet vermouth, a touch of orange bitters, and a dash of olive juice. And you stir it, and you pour it, and you thank God you're alive. But that's how it goes. As far as beers and the rest, I think the game is just getting better. You know, there's going to be some misfires at any given place because that's the nature of experiments. You try something and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But the guys who are doing this have a really good sense of what does work. And that shows
0: in the results.
1: Yeah, I went to uh, Brew Correa when I was there. Oh, uh, just, just, I'm, I'm wearing, just, just
0: where I'm wearing right now.
1: What's and what's crazy? Yeah. there you yeah. go. At, uh, at the uh, last GABF, they won, they won the gold medal, and our brewery won the bronze medal. So it's always a little fun talking about that hoppy lagers
0: <laughs> yeah their, their their lager game was amazing and I, I had a sour that i think was my favorite from there too but yeah i'll get into that more with towards the end when we have some of the more brewery and beer specific questions but now looking again big picture so argyle obviously you know wh- whenever you're looking at new Orleans, whether you're talking about the culture the people the food the region as a whole new orleans is often considered one of the most unique and interesting cities in the country So do you feel that the culture impacts the beer scene in a way that you don't see in maybe some other major cities?
2: Absolutely. And the biggest reason is cuisine. Uh, New Orleans has a distinctive cuisine and that love of spice and love the whole Caribbean mindset has definitely affected what comes out of the breweries. I mean, um, Bayou Tesh came out with uh, Le Crevis, which was a beer specifically made to go with crawfish boils. And it works. That's sort of, I mean, you can do anything you want as a brewer. I get that, and and you should. But there's a lot of Creole seasoning sensibilities, if I may, that actually go along with developing the flavors of the beers that are currently being made i mean that's not even counting the you know the the usual bad puns that you'd expect in the names
0: yeah well i mean and for me too like i when i was down there i noticed there were during January and February, there was, there was a lot of carnival themed, you know, beers, both in terms of name and ingredients. So Jeremy, what are kind of your thoughts on that and how maybe the, the, the city and region's culture has had an influence on the craft beer scene? Uh,
1: you know, he touched on the the culinary aspect, but you know, the music aspect kind of plays a part too. You know, if you look at Zoney Mash, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've got the George Porter beer, and then you've got Nola that's got like a musician beer. I think it, how uh, I think that it was a boyfriend, right? Is that the, the musical artist is called Boyfriend? She had yep. her own beer. Yep. Then you had uh, Juvie Juice from uh, Urban South. I mean, there's just, it's wild to see all of that. And I mean, just, it, I mean, just when I lived there, man, I remember having to go out of town to out of state just to get stone brewing man and it was just things have changed drastically um and like oh yeah like argos it's, it's a lot of cultural the,
2: integration
1: oh yeah and like argos said the food definitely i mean people are definitely brewing for the culture that's there food wise music wise uh which makes it i mean it's different like like i said I, i'm here in florida and the brewing scene is is, is awesome uh, and i think that has to do with a, a lot of the laws that are in place here but there's no other than maybe tampa where which the brewery i work at is that there's not a whole lot of culture maybe miami but like everywhere else <laughs> there's no culture like miami and tampa that's about it but i can tell you i don't think they're yeah. brewing towards the food yeah, i mean unless they're trying to make beers to pair with cubans or something but yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just – they're not really they're not really touching <laughs> on that aspect at all here. Um, yeah. It'd be cool if they did, um, but, uh, you know, I, I think just – New Orleans is just something that's definitely unique and different when it comes to culture and whatnot, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I wanted to ask. I've never asked, like, that kind of specific question before, and I've done so many cities because it's – I had visited before, but after being able to spend a couple months down there during Mardi Gras season, it's just so evident – you know how culturally it is just a different city, and I I did feel that like with the breweries and everything too. And you know I know one name that we have brought up a couple of times now is is Urban South, and outside of maybe Abita, you know Urban South is probably the the brewery that most people would be familiar with outside of the region. Uh, You know they have had a rapid growth and they opened up another location in Houston. So Jeremy, from your yep. point of view, what what kind of fueled that rise and do you think any other local breweries could experience anything remotely similar?
1: Man, I I mean, I could just say vision definitely played a part in that. Um, Jacob and Kyle clearly knew what they wanted. Uh, I think they have no fear in brewing what they want. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm not, those guys are awesome. We brewed beer with them and everything. So Uh, What they're doing is definitely different than some of these other breweries. I think one of the things that I saw that's kind of lacking in New Orleans is a camaraderie between all the breweries. I don't really see that. Like here in Florida, man, like it's everybody's best friends. But in New Orleans, I didn't see that at all. Um, Like right now, I think Urban South is kind of viewed as almost a sellout and they're not in my opinion they're not i mean they just they've got money and they've got success i got, i mean i don't know the inside because i'm not there but you know people some people just don't like success and those guys are just pumping out great beer and every time i'm in town that's where i'm going for my first beer
0: so it's, i mean it's a great space too it's it's, it's a this, huge space the
1: space is amazing like if i were to rate I mean, if I were to rate breweries by space, like that's going to be number one on my on my on my personal list for sure. And like that place is rad. And then, you know, Port Orleans staying uh, second second line of space. I enjoyed their space as well. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but, so, but Urban South got it. bro.
0: Yeah. So our girl, what, what are kind of your thoughts on Urban South rise? You know, somewhat rapid rise because I actually visited them for the first time back in twenty. 20- 17, I believe. And then I was back there this year when we were down there too. And it was in the same building, but it just felt very, very different. And now, obviously, they have their other location in Houston, which is, you know, starting to grow their own beer scene as well. So, what, from your eyes, how did that all kind of establish? And do you think any other breweries could maybe follow in their success because New Orleans is continuing to, as you said, grow that craft beer market?
2: I think we definitely could. Um, One of the things I think with Urban South is that by moving some of their operations over into Houston, and you got to understand, they do releases in New Orleans and in Houston that are not the same. And I think that there is a certain chain mentality, which may be having a little bit of an effect. I don't know how strong. But I do do know that at the pub when I was working there they wanted to get some of the more interesting beers that Urban South was producing and they wouldn't sell them. So that's why they never had those on, on their, uh, t- their tap list. All that being said the the breweries that come out with more interesting beers, the p- potential for opening up a second, third, fourth, whatever. Absolutely the potential is there. They could do that. And they would probably they be successful. Like Florida. Did you
1: know there that? you go. I did not. Yeah, they brought perfect, I think, perfect plane. In uh, the panhandle. So Pensacola. That sounds like a good thing. No, I mean it's a, it'll help their yeah. launch into Florida for sure. <laughs>
2: uh, the the Florida Panhandle needs help. That's that's <laughs> that's not to
1: be denied. Those guys are big, man. Like I, their success has been something that you know to sit back and just watch is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, well I mean and, and to a certain extent because this kind of leads into what my next question was going to be is is that it still feels like there's a lot of room for growth because you know Louisiana still ranks kind of near the bottom in terms of breweries per capita when you're looking at all of the states. I don't I can't remember off the top of my head where it is, but it's it's, it's towards the bottom there, but they're actually more kind of middle in the pack in terms of like total production. So as more breweries continue to open, w- Argyle, what do you think the future holds for local and and statewide in terms of the beer scene. And one other thing, kind of a follow-up to that is, do you feel like we're going to see any more growth in the suburbs? Because that was one thing that I noticed when I was, you know, briefly living there is, is that outside of the city of new Orleans, you had to drive 45 minutes across Lake Pontrain or up to Baton Rouge or an hour plus outside of the city to find any more breweries. Like there wasn't really anything else kind of in, in, in the intermediate suburb, suburban areas.
2: Yeah, well, there's not a lot of suburban areas, mostly due to geography. Um, you get Metairie and up to Harahan and the potential for opening a brewery in any of these places. It's fine. They'll absolutely be able to do it. And if they manage their production and marketing correctly, they'll do well because this state cannot get enough beer, period. And right now, I think Louisiana has fewer breweries than San Diego. And for anyone who's thinking about opening a brewery, that should be a wake up call.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so, Jeremy, what about from your point of view, what do, do you view? you know, what, what the future may hold in terms of, of growth. I know, like you said, you're currently in Florida and their beer scene is also one that per capita probably actually doesn't rank as high as people think, but they still have a lot more total breweries, obviously, than a place like Louisiana. So when you're thinking about growth in both New Orleans and then statewide, well, what are kind of your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I mean, the laws need to change. Uh, and yeah, you know the, the biggest issue is I mean, from what I can tell out here, I mean, I I do have that benefit of being able to have lived in Louisiana and live here now is brew pubs can't distribute in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, we that law changed here in 2014. Tampa Bay Brewing, the company I work for, was a brew pub. They were not allowed to distribute. And so when that law changed, we were able to distribute. And now we're one of the biggest breweries in the state. So, you know, until those laws change in Louisiana, you know, they need to have some sort of self-distribution law for smaller breweries that don't want to go to wholesalers. I mean, if you look at, you know, there's two breweries that I can think of off the top of my head, um, Crying Eagle and Bayou Tesh. They literally pulled out of the market. They have no beer in distribution. And they did that because of the way they were treated by their distributors. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, a lot of these distributors, at least in Louisiana, what I was seeing was that these guys would literally go and they'd court you as a brewery, mainly just to get you out of the way so they could focus on other breweries. I mean, it happens all the time. It's like, well, we don't want, we don't want, you know, Wholesaler X selling that beer against our brand. So we're just going to go ahead and purchase their rights. And then we're just not going to sell a beer. It's happening. I don't care what anybody says. If any wholesaler says it's not happening, they're lying. 100%. It's definitely happening. And, you know, what needs to change is those laws. Honestly, wholesalers and breweries need to get together. Breweries need to make sure that those contracts are not binding forever. Those wholesalers, that's forever. You can't, if they suck, too bad. You have to stay. Or what they end up doing is like, well, okay, you have to draft like a 30 day letter. So you have to change all, you know, you change your ways. You have 30 days to do it or else. So that, yeah, okay. They'll change it in the 30 days and it starts the process all over again, man. So until those laws change, Louisiana is not doing nothing. And I can tell you right now, those politicians need to realize how much money their state is missing out on.
0: Yep, exactly. I think that, that that's been a common theme, you know, talking about a lot of different things, You know, because there's there's plenty of states out there that have far less restrictions, but there still are. You know, Louisiana is not the only state in the country that has a lot of laws and regulations in place that are that are restrictive and kind of prohibitive oh, to, God, to brewery no. growth, um, but. This is another instance as I was talking about where hopefully we can we can see more progress as people realize hey like beer tourism is a very real thing like it does obviously help you know like local people get really into craft beer as well but people travel to yep. go places like San Diego and Denver and Asheville and Portland both Portland's um you know that this is a real thing that helps to bring in money and I I mean obviously I'm biased as a guy that just loves traveling to go to breweries, but I'm always looking for, you know, and I, and I do feel that new Orleans is a city that can support way more craft breweries. Uh, and that's why I do think that, you know, there's room for growth as we talked about, whether it's, you know, obviously more breweries are continuing to open new breweries, but there's also potential for, I know here in Milwaukee, there's been a few different breweries that have opened up multiple locations, which you don't see in new Orleans to this, to, as much to this junction yet. So that's another avenue uh, you know, potential that, that we could see down the road. Uh, but now moving on, uh, we're going to look at some individual beers now. And this is a question that I ask in each podcast. because I think it's kind of a fun chance for uh, the guests to talk about some of their favorite beers. And that is, I want you both to create a flight of four beers to represent the New Orleans beer scene. And this can focus on styles that you think represent New Orleans. It can focus on certain breweries. It can focus on just personal favorites for whatever reason. Um there is not a, a one size fits all approach to to this question, but uh Jeremy, you can lead us off
1: so individual beers is gonna be tough. <laughs> How about I just yeah. do for individual breweries <laughs> Uh, we I were gonna do be. brewery
0: shoutouts after this, but if you want to do, you it's know, not you necessarily
1: brewery shout. Like you're you're asking me, like I, I mean, I can't even remember the last beer I drank here, unless <laughs> yeah, it no, was one of my own.
0: That's that's totally fine.
1: <laughs> um, does it have to be New Orleans, or does it have to be? Can it be all Louisiana?
0: You know what? Why don't we do? Uh, you can do all Louisiana for this, and then we can come back and do more New Orleans or New Orleans shoutouts for the next part. So if you want to do all of Louisiana, you can do that. All right,
1: so um, number one on my list is going to be gnarly barley.
0: Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, number Phenomenal
1: two, Brew Mm hmm. Number three, courtyard. Mm-hmm. And number four, urban south.
0: That's I that's, mean that's a strong list.
1: I mean, and that's not. I mean, that's tough too. Because I mean, you know,
0: are there any styles at those breweries that you feel that they are truly exemplary at that you would be like you f- if you're going to here you want to make sure to try this style because yeah, obviously you know, place like Brewery. yeah yeah
1: yeah brew creator loggers yeah uh the urban south of sours and gnarly barley whatever
0: they make yeah pretty much everything there i can agree <laughs> with that matter, they, they were one of my they were one of my <laughs> favorites when i was down there too for sure well and, and low road up there too is making some pretty good stuff yo those insane.
1: guys so those guys i was at uh zap's beer festival uh last week i think um, those guys were sitting, they were literally almost right next to me, along with Seventh Tap. I think that's what they're called. Dude, you're getting some really good beer, and those those low-road guys are great. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, I mean, the, the fact that this Louisiana town has two just super high-end breweries is really interesting to me, yeah. too. Because I was impressed with both those. Th- those two and then uh, Gilla was the other one that I that I was like oh, outside of New Orleans, that those were the ones yeah. that really impressed me outside of New Orleans. So we're in
1: talks with Brukeray and Gila about possibly doing just small collabs with um, when we do a little like an official launch in the uh, the area. Yeah. Like we're, we're there, but I'm trying to talk with those guys. Gila I've talked a little more with, and then I talked with Brukeray last time I was in town just to kind of hang out and just brew some beers together. So we'll see Absolutely. What, what comes from it.
0: So uh, Argyle, what about yourself now that you're up in, and you can do the individual beer. If you want to take the same approach, Jeremy, I, I will not, uh, you know, cut you off.
2: <laughs> I, I really have a more Catholic approach to it. I'm, I'm interested in beers in general. And what beer is the right one? What day is it? What time of day is it? What are we eating? Um. I do have a soft spot for Faubourg just because I think, I think because I want them to succeed on a regular basis. And when they start getting creative, they get some really good results. I like what comes out of NOLA by and large. I do have a special place in my heart for Port Orleans Brown Ale. It's um, a very mild beer and sometimes exactly what the weather has dictated. And if I didn't mention a beaded straw gator, I would be lying to myself. I, I, I like that much more than I should.
0: Yeah. Well, and so, and, and I'll throw my hat in the ring here too. Cause I, I was able to, like I said, visit, visit the breweries down there, all of them and everything. And, um, so for my 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 flight of four, I would do a I'll stick with, with the New Orleans breweries first. I would do the the pub pills check lager from Zony Mash. Uh, the one that my favorite sour, although overall their luggers I felt were were the highlight, the Decaturade Lemon Lime Goza from Brew Corre was simply delightful. Mm. Uh, and then because I was trying to showcase, you know, I mentioned earlier that there's a there was a lot of carnival themed beers and my first stop there had one that was very interesting and it was uh, mardi gras Mam- mambo from second line that was a carnival season spiced <laughs> lager with cinnamon chicory almond yeah. and vanilla so basically you know king cake adjacent you know there's a lot of brees that kind of make the king cake type beers yeah. um and i guess the, the fourth of my flight I, I could say i could step out in new orleans since we've been doing that and for a dark beer, I would eat, I would do a flip a coin kind of and either do the Beast and Sign Me peanut butter porter from Gilla or the Corova milk stout from Gnarly Barley, kind of a choose your own adventure there. Uh, for you mm-hmm. so know, whether whether or not you like peanut butter, I'm a, I'm a big pe- peanut butter is probably my favorite adjunct for a stout. But if you're not a peanut butter guy, just get the the, the milk stout from uh, Gnarly Barley and you will be a happy camper. So, um, anyway, now, now, now down moving down on, today. yeah. <laughs> uh so argyle we'll start with you this time what what are three breweries that we've discussed or maybe haven't mentioned yet that you just want to give a special shout out to for one reason or the other
2: uh nola because they were the the first ones to to open up really uh post katrina the opened in 2008 uh, i talked with kurt extensively about some of the problems they had going on and they had a lot of problems of their own making and they are still doing very very good beers and they they do try a lot of things I like Port Orleans they're not the most adventurous of breweries but sometimes an adventurous beer is not what you really have in mind you want something that's Going to reassure you that the world is not necessarily hostile to you at this moment. And I don't think you can put a price tag on that, quite frankly. I you like Rue I don't go over there nearly often enough, but uh, that's something that I actually have a little bit of time and can rectify.
0: Well, and, and and for those that are wondering, Bru is also one of the ones that maybe has the most difficult parking situations because it's kind of there on that border with, it's right on the border of the French Quarter there, and it's really only finding street parking unless I, there's maybe a couple like pay lots around there, but it's it, it can be, if you're there at a busier time, it can be very difficult to find any kind of parking. So maybe get an Uber for that one park- if you can.
2: The parking is ridiculous over there. Um, you have to park over in Elysian Fields and be prepared to walk a couple walks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so uh, Jeremy, what about you? What What are three breweries that you just want to give a shout out to for one reason or another?
1: Yeah, Nola is going to be on that list for sure. Um, just they they kind of they kind of started started it all or restarted it, anyways. Um, so they're yeah. definitely on that list. Um, I'm gonna get a shout out to some guys that I hung out with uh, at Zaps. The uh, I think it was Huckleberry Brewing. Uh, those, those guys, those guys were awesome, dude. <laughs> I hung out with them uh, for that with, during that beer fest. These are, those are those were good dudes. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna say Bywater Brew Pub because if you want some classic styles brewed by somebody that's been in the New Orleans beer scene for well over 30 years and go see sunny day over there man
0: absolutely well and so and, and i know you both we've talked about nola too and that was the first brewery back in 2017 when I, I only had one day down there so i only got to a couple um and nola was the first brewery i ever visited in louisiana and i was i'm still into sours but they were at, was at the height of my sour seeking and they had a barrel aged wild wild ale with passion fruit that was just phenomenal. When I visited, I still, I still remember that beer. Uh, so definitely sh- another additional shout out to them as well. Well, Jeremy, our guy, I want to thank you both so much for coming on. This was a blast to kind of talk about the new Orleans beer scene, especially after I had the privilege of enjoying it uh, for a few months while we were briefly living down there temporarily. So uh, if you guys to kind of wrap things up, if either of you have any final thoughts, conclusions about new Orleans craft beer scenes, why people should, could, come check it out and maybe give a shout out again to uh, where people could maybe, if they're looking to read up on the New Orleans beer scene, where they could maybe try to find your book, uh, Jeremy. I mean, just,
1: you could get it on Amazon. Uh, I know that uh, Argyle do a better job of telling you where to go locally in the city. Uh, <laughs> I, know there, I know there's like a Walgreens that has it. I, I, everybody likes to send me photos. Hey, look, how I see your book um but you know honestly man like if you're in the city if you live there you need to be fighting with these politicians to change these laws man because uh, if you want Damn. a better beer scene they are the ones that are they're the ones that are stopping you so if you want change man you gotta you gotta make it for yourself
0: absolutely and uh and argyle what are kind of your final thoughts conclusions here
2: I think that the uh, the beer scene has is, is not figured out quite how far it can go yet. I, th- I think there's a lot of growth potential. I really do. And let's face it, rehydrating with beer is a lot more fun than rehydrating with water. And if that's all you're doing with it, then you're just cutting yourself off from the rest of the joy. And, uh, yeah, the Walgreens over at... Uh, Napoleon and St. And uh, Claiborne. They've got a bunch of copies. I've said to go in occasionally and just autograph them without telling them
0: <laughs> just for the
2: fun.
1: I'll do that next time. I'm there. <laughs> I'm I'm love it. So, if,
0: so if you're, if you're, if you're lucky, you'll get a signed copy from Argyle. And if you're really lucky, you'll get one from Argyle <laughs> and Jeremy. So make sure to be on the there. Lookout you for go. That. Uh, so. But again, uh, for any new listeners, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brewery Travels, on Instagram at Brewery underscore travels. You can also go to the website, thebrewerytravels.com, where you can find uh, past articles I've written, interactive maps of my brewery visits, uh, past links to podcast episodes, all of that kind of good stuff. And always remember, whether it's where you're visiting or where you're living, be sure to drink local everywhere. Cheers, everyone. I've been
2: i